Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Coffee and Convos podcast, where the best conversations happen over coffee. I'm your host, Alyssa, and I'm stoked for today's episode. But before I go on with the interview, I wanted to share a little announcement for you guys here in San Diego. We are hosting our first live podcast event, and we'll be having coffee. We'll have great conversations. It'll be at Whiskey Locker on Sunday, November 18th from 12 to 3 So if you're around San Diego, definitely swing by, come meet us, hang out, and have some coffee and combos with us. And I'm so excited to be here with David, aka Stilo Suave. He is the founder of Rottweiler. He's also a host of another podcast here in San Diego called Dice Roller Radio. And he's just an overall very talented dude. So welcome, to the podcast. Yo, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you. I feel very legit now because I'm wearing these headphones and we're in gold standard again. Um, and I'm just like, man, like I just hear myself think like you said. Yeah, we're so. like almost professional or something. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you again for being here. I know it took us a little while to connect, but I'm really glad that we're finally here. And fun fact, you guys, we actually share the same birthday. September 8th. 1992, right? Yeah. Yeah, like we're birthday 1990. hmm Me and her. So that's yeah. like not 92. Yeah, like no. Fuck 92. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. 92 is cool. <laughs> Sweet. Well, tell us a little about yourself and share your story. Um, so I was born September 8, 1990. Um, and like today's November 5th, 2018. So that makes me 28. Um, I've been uh, the owner and designer of a brand called Rottweiler for the last three years. Um, prior to that, I was just a kid that was really interested in designing and making stuff. Um, now I'm a business owner. I mean, I'm a dad. I have like a four-year-old son. He's awesome. And, uh, I'm part of a bigger collective called Swap City. Um, shout out Rossi Rock, Sebi LG, Sassolini, all the, all the Swap City homies. There's too many to count right now. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, um, we've been doing that for years, damn near a decade. Just, um trying to trying to help everybody that's making really fucking fly ass music in the city and um just trying to stay connected and give back to the community as often as i can and uh that's where i'm at with it what's up (laughs) i love that i love that um i want to hear more about rottweiler i think that's kind of the first way that i discovered you because john john you know john john like once he like is hooked on a brand or something that he loves like hell yeah shout out johnny so all I saw was a Rottweiler, and that was the logo. And I actually did watch your mini documentary about you yeah. by Artista Entertainment. Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. Um, Shout out Fabricio. Yeah, and that was really dope. That was really, really cool. Got to see some insight about behind the scenes and how you grew. Um, but I'd love to hear more about your story and how you founded Rottweiler and started to continue designing for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up around Rottweilers. My whole life, um, a, a ton of my friends and family had them, and just they were kind of always a positive omen in my life. Um, they were everywhere that I was at, so there was nothing that like, you know, it it wasn't like in my head like I'm gonna have a brand and call it Rottweiler when I was like ten, you know what I mean? But um, I had already been exposed to them, and like they they meant different things to me when I was younger um they were scary you know what i mean they they were like very protective and uh and yeah and then then i realized that like you know they're just super sweet and they're like they're gentle giants and they're like they're protective they're gonna do whatever it takes to like you know make sure that they hold it down but they're also very like fun and playful and they're just beautiful you know and those are um those are what that's pretty much just what it means to me now you know what i mean so at coming up with like an icon like a mark for a brand i thought that that would be really interesting to use um i definitely wanted to create a brand that was like streetwear meets f- fashion i guess mm-hmm. but like you know ralph lauren was one of my favorite brands stussy is one of my favorite brands and um i worked in a bunch of streetwear boutiques you know since the time i was like uh, well, I worked in retail since I was 17, and um, one of the last boutiques that I worked at is called was called The Attic, and The Attic I is um, essentially where Bait is now, if you're familiar with Bait and the Gas Lamp. That store has a 
a bunch of different stores across the country. Um, they still do streetwear. It's super cool. I think the attic still exists only in Buena Park in LA. Um, but I remember just like, you know, having to like sell, like make sales, you know, every day and just like sitting there, like folding up these shirts from these different brands and seeing how it was made and like seeing how sometimes like the print would be a little bit off or like the, the quality would be kind of whack and like different seasons, things would change. Some things would get better. Some things would just kind of like fall off. And, um, I was like, I was getting frustrated. I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I feel like I could come up with some fire ass designs and like, you know, make a, make a brand that I could infuse with like all these things that I was learning. Cause I was in school at the same time. I went to San Diego state. I have a bachelor's degree in sociology, psychology, and anthropology. I went to Catholic school. I like learned all about the Bible as a kid. Um, when I was in community college at city college, I, I was studying like religions and like journalism and graphic design and just like all these little things that that it all ended up focusing and like accumulating into like who I was mm -hmm. when Rottweiler started. And I remember like I was going and like the whole time that I was doing it and building up to it, I was going through a lot of hard like personal, personal, just like life and like relationship shit. And uh, it was it was definitely like inspiring um, a creative side of me that like, you know, I. I couldn't have forced it. It just was like happening around me. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, the day that I came up with like the, the word like Rottweiler to use that as the brand name, it was like fucking two or three in the morning. Like I was like sitting awake, like just on my computer, just like making designs, just writing it, writing it, writing it. Um, a lot of the work that I did with Swap City and with Rossi was just like taking certain words and writing them over and over and over by hand to get like the style of letter that I wanted, you know, mm -hmm. and this, like just to make everything look really cohesive. So I was, and I had worked for a lot of other brands too up until that point. So um, I came across this movie, it's called Dogs. It was a movie that came out like in the eighties. And the premise is that um, the scientists at this college town, like university type thing, like they're doing these experiments and it causes the dogs in the neighborhood to go crazy and like kill all their owners. Oh, wow. So I was like, all right, well, I considered these brands that I was working for my owners. And I was like, fuck all of them. Like, I'm going to just kill that. Like, I'm going to come out with a brand and it's going to fuck all of this up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that was like my goal. And I feel like I've accomplished that. Like, I mean, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but, um, you know, one of the stores that carries Rottweiler, um, they'll, they'll give me like a like a little bit of information about like what's going on like with within the the shop and as far as like where the different um like brands are like sort of in a standing like sort of like imagine you're playing mario kart you got 10 players mm, who's hitting mm -hmm. one two three four you know what i mean right there's been multiple months where i'm one wow. on top of brands that are like well established mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i'm just like that in my head is like, all right, well, I did it. You know, whatever I wanted to do, it's done. So now I got to come up with some other goal. And it's, I did it in San Diego, you know? That is dope, yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's yeah. so surreal. Like, I can't believe that. I can't even believe that I'm saying that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's not something that I go around bragging about. You know what I mean? Right. I don't, it was a goal to me and I met it and I'm stoked on it, you know? But mm -hmm. like, my other goals with Rottweiler are like, just being able to share like this like, super like secret ancient knowledge that like has found its way into my experience and that's something that i use and in, infuse into like all of the pieces in one way or another i love that i i think what you were saying about how you developed this brand and how you slow you slowly grew it here in san diego it's so funny because literally a few days ago when i was sitting at whiskey locker hanging out with dell someone came in to buy a Rottweiler shirt. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, that's sick, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of the names in streetwear here are like Five and a Dime, like classic, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and, I love Five and a Dime. And a few others, but it was about time someone else kind of took that reign in a sense mm -hmm. and started like making, you like, like you said, you infused your own influences into it and you grew this brand from experiences that meant so much to you as a kid growing up and everything. I remember in the documentary that I watched about you 
and um, all like the symbolism that you would use or like some of the graphics you would use. Yeah. Like you said, kind of like have that ancient like history. I'm not really sure. You know more yeah. about that. So yeah, I mean, I'm into sacred geometry. Mm-hmm. I'm into different religions. Um, and I really have like a great appreciation for just like symbolism and stuff that's been around for a really long time. So the more that I get into it and the more that I learn about it, the less I feel like I actually know, the more I know that there's more to know. And it's just like this, like, it's like this way of like feeding me an infinite amount of like inspiration Mm -hmm. for the brand, you know? Yeah, that's cool. When you developed your brand, like what were some of the challenges that you faced when you first started out? Um... Um, it was a lot of just like time management, um, stuff like I'm a super hard worker and like, I won't want to stop. Like, I don't want to stop working. Like I want, I want everything to be like moving towards this goal. So a lot of it was just trying to figure out like, when was the time to like make certain moves and like learning how to not force things. You know what I mean? Like. I don't, there was a couple of people who came into my experience that were like, oh, let, like, let's try and get the brand into like Zoomies. And and like I was kind of just like, fuck that. Like the brand doesn't even have anything like like no foundation. Like, why would I do that? Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be a fad. Like people will see it and it'll be over tomorrow. You know, Yeah. like why not try and do something that's like for the city buy someone from the city and like see see where it can go you know and then like once it's like then once it's like organically like grown you know what i mean then like then the city will go and support it and and it can blow up anywhere you know so Mm -hmm. that was that was challenging for me was kind of just like figuring out who to say like yes and no to in regards to stuff like that yeah like like not wanting to blow it up too fast you know yeah and I love that you just touched on this right now is something that I feel like a lot of us are talking about, right? It's like before you could go on and like take over the world with your craft and your art or whatever you're creating, you have to start small and like think about where you're from. And that's why I started Coffee and Combos, right? Like I'm thankful yeah. to have connected with people outside of San Diego, but for the most part, like this is for the city. This is for the people around us because I feel like a very popular topic of discussion here, especially among San Diego creatives is not a lot of us are kind of like co-existing with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, like I've seen you and like been around you at different events and we stuff. We know a ton of the same people. Yeah, we <laughs> all know the same people, but it's not like you and I would like hang out or yeah. anything, right? So it's just like, I feel like there's something happening where we're all starting to like get past that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, And for sure. like, it's so cool. Like Apollo recognize your brand like all these little things are happening and i don't know i want to i want to hear more about like you you were you born and raised here yeah i was born in san diego yeah see that's dope i wasn't oh you know like i know but i love the city and like i've been here for most of my life so i could say that i'm somewhat of a native but aside from that like i would love to hear your insight and like kind of your thoughts about the san diego creative community suave city and like where you see it growing um so i want to be a part of its growth as much as i can i mean we've been um i mean with rottweiler i've been doing pop-ups at a lot of events that like are already existing and i think that's a big question that i get a lot is like how do i find the events Mm -hmm. like how do i Mm -hmm. find the pop-up you know what i mean but it's like uh, that stuff really comes to me like almost every time unless it's something that i'm planning myself and if it's something that i'm planning myself it's kind of like usually it's going to be something with like maybe one or two other people and it's going to be very like specific and like goal oriented and maybe like yeah i don't that's that's something like for example like um i did like a two-year anniversary party and the homie like harvard-based dj'd and he was playing like a disco set. And we did it like on 3rd Avenue in Chula Vista. All the Swap City homies pulled up. Like, um, it was it was awesome. It was a great time. You know what I mean? And uh, But that was just like me just doing a pop-up by myself. Right. And like 
having a party like hosted at a local brewery that's like familiar to me like i remember going into the skate shops on third avenue you know what i mean i remember going into like the little like comic book stores on third avenue you can go into the park on third avenue you know so it was very like close to home it felt like the perfect place to celebrate you mm -hmm. know what i mean um other than that i've done a few pop-ups that like i planned alongside like rerun whiskey locker you know what i mean and so we've had other brands that um are already affiliated with them like come and we'll like kind of all collaborate on like one piece like a tote bag or a t-shirt or something you know yeah and that's like that's been cool um just doing a lot of that stuff but it usually starts with the venue or it starts with like me having an idea for like an, a type of event um similarly like with dice roller i um i threw this show with dell at whiskey locker and um and we called it die rolling and so like my homies that i work on dice roller with we all organized it like set it up um got the talent all booked up like i mean like and i say that loosely because they're the they're our friends you know what i mean like mm -hmm. malik burgers was the headliner hurricane key um came through and he just been randomly sending me music through dm on instagram and i was like dude this is fire like this is sick um no t-shirt came through and like he had also asked me if I if I had an event that he could perform at, and I was That's just like, dope. yeah, I do, you know. And like, it all, they all brought their people, and um, it was a good time, it was a good learning experience, you know. And we like, we did everything we could to like build a stage and like make sure that the artists felt like comfortable performing and weren't just like on the same like platform as everyone else, you know. Right. And that's like, it's a huge part of it, you know. Is is interesting? We actually threw um, we threw the main Chambalan show for Rossi. It was like. The show at, at Arts and Rec that was um, basically like his his like solo show, um, his like headlining show after having released the main Chamelan like his his latest album, mm -hmm. super fire album, so good. And uh, we had a bunch of our friends come and like um, come and perform. I mean, a bunch of Swap City friends, Kosher Life friends, a um, bunch of different people from the city, and it was awesome. It was a great time. You know what I mean? Um, we ended up using the same stage. Uh, and another piece that Arts and Rec had for the stage um, that we had used for die rolling. So it was kind of like we took that blueprint, will be in A-cuts, like did all the sound, mm. you know what I mean? The same that they had done for, for die rolling. And like, yeah, we just we just made it like a really good time. And it's cool that like like our friends, what we're doing is we're like just bringing everything that we can to the table and saying like, this is what we have like now that we're all together. And I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying is that like people in the city, not necessarily um, like like we haven't interacted really that much before. You know what I mean? But now I think the gap is closing. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I think we're like we're getting to see each other's like strengths and like kind of seeing like who sticks around and who doesn't. You know right. what I mean? It's always been that, you know, and I don't think there's any like hard feelings towards towards it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just like, yo, like you take a little break, like come back. Like, like it's all love you know like we know who each other is you know yeah um yeah i mean uh that i hope that answers the question that you had yeah absolutely um like for example like the one of the upcoming dice roller shows is um is gonna have alex cruz and b watt um b watt had this fucking sick ass song with rossi back in the day called live forever um it came out i think um either on the storm or one of Rossi's like other like early projects and um like he's making music again but that like his project called minivans that that came out those years ago was super tight and um then he ended up modeling in a in a video that we did I think earlier last year like towards the beginning of last year and Alex Cruz filmed it and like i've always loved working with those dudes you know what i mean like mm -hmm. the, i don't know there's just there's just so many dope people in the city that like i wish i could work with all the time you know yeah, and like for sure but everything just happens at the right time it's mm -hmm. awesome i feel that yeah. um for those who don't know what dice roller radio is like what can they expect when they tune in and um how often does it come out and stuff um so we record dice roller radio on mondays uh we've been doing it since near the end of last year we're on episode 26 today um and it's gonna be with amen raps and um i think he just goes by amen um amen and his his crew which is called paid off um 
and there's a bunch of people in there. There's like a, they have their DJ one. They have a videographer three hours ago, um, and like the rest of their squad and everything. But we we generally have people that are like either we'll just say artists because like obviously like DJing video like video and rapping those are all art forms you know but um we've had other people just photographers you know Hanuit we've had Sergey on there he's just Same. all around creative yeah. dude Dell's been on there Jaime who's like the barber at Whiskey Locker mm-hmm. you know what I mean and he and he's like got his brand Divine Theory like just anybody who's really like interested in music and fashion and like are our friends you know what i mean we have a long list of people that we would love to have on yeah. there you know what I mean? and people that i've like talked to about coming on that we just haven't done the episode yet and like she just kind of keeps moving and it's like fuck like we only record once a week you mm-hmm. know but i don't know we'll, like i want to get to the point where i have a store where we could just fucking go do a podcast like whenever you know and yeah, like that'd be sick that's always been a go. I mean, I didn't even know that I wanted to do podcasting, honestly. Really? Like, what got you into it? The co-host, my co-host, Will B. He, like, he just approached me one day and was like, yo, bro, like, I think you'd be sick to, like, be the other host on Dice Roll, or on, on this podcast. And he was like, oh, I was like, what kind of names do you have for it? Like, what do you, what do you want to do with it? And he, I guess he had done, like, a test run of it before and, like, all the audio was good. So, um... I was like, yeah, like I'll I'll do an episode with you, and I think there was one episode that was just like, he and I, then we did another one that was like me, him, and Liam from Unidentified Corporation, and even in the beginning, I was like, I don't know if this is for me, bro. Like, I don't know if I could talk for an hour. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I got, I'm busy. I got shit to do, and then um that that episode with Liam at the end of it, I was like, bro, like this is fucking sick. I was like, we got to keep doing this shit. And um and so the the dice roller idea that actually came from a project that I had been working on since um since basically like the beginning and before I was doing Rottweiler so that all kind of worked like well together um the project was called Memoirs of a Dice Roller and it was supposed to be more of a magazine mm-hmm. um I only ended up getting like one magazine printed but um. It was available online for like a year. Like you could like, you, there was like an app where you could like flip through the pages oh, and cool. like read everything. Yeah. Um, so Memoirs of a Dice Roller was supposed to be like, basically like a diary of someone who's like not afraid to take risks, you know? So it That's had a dope. had a lot of people featured in it. Um, a bunch of different rappers from the city, um, including Rossi Rock and, and um the the la- there was only i think i only did like three or four like actual like articles and one they i'd pull them from like either like a scientific journal or um w- like some i found like this article about like sin that was like very much related to this one like collection that i was doing for rottweiler um there was an article that was on rossi that was published in um either the source or complex excuse me magazine and um yeah, there was like, I, I just kind of wanted to use things that were that were relevant to like Swap City and to like relevant to my experience. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it was like, you know, I designed a bunch of merch or I designed a bunch of graphics. And like, I worked really closely with Rossi, even when like, even when I would have like client work with other people, like he's been my best homie since like I was like 16, 15. And like, yeah, so that was really important to me to have in there. And then like Johnny Guapo, I... I, I had this idea I was like yo I want to call it cuts and convos and have it be like <laughs> like I'll go get I'll go get a haircut with a different barber and just like record our conversation and then I'll go back and like transcribe it and like type yeah. out like the good parts you know what I mean and so he was the first one and then I did another one but like I never ended up publishing the second issue of dice Ro- of memoirs of a dice roller so like I had it like halfway done and I kind of just like scrapped it and I was just like, fuck it. Like, I did way too much shit. There was like, it was way too hard for me to do like a whole magazine by myself. A and whole magazine? Yeah. yeah but I'll show you the first one because I have, I think I have it with me. It's fucking tight. But, um, but yeah, it was with Johnny Guapo and his cousin Combo. I think I remember him sharing that. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. That's crazy. So you've done so many different things. Like, how do you find time 
as a father, as a creator, and like as a business owner to do all these things, right? Because people ask me all the time, like how I keep my shit together. And sometimes I don't even know the answer. Yeah. But um, as a podcast host, right? Like all the things that you have lined up for yourself. Plus you also screen print, right? Yeah. So see, like that's, that's a lot already. How yeah. do you just like stay afloat? I'm not sure. I have a guardian <laughs> angel and a, he's got a life raft that just fucking keeps me going. I guess because like my parents help a lot with esco um he i like i want to say poor dude but like i take him with me to a lot of different events a lot of different photo shoots and video shoots and he's like, a cool kid he's fucking tight yeah. dude he's i don't know he's crazy he's he's an old soul because he he is very like well behaved and well mannered and gets along with all the homies like just I couldn't have been blessed with, like, a child more adept in interacting with, like, older people, you know? Yeah. He he definitely centers me and, like, grounds me when we're together and, like, teaches me to kind of relax and reminds me that there's time for everything that I want to do, which I think is super important because I could be stressing all day about, like, the stuff that isn't done yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And I guess it's, like, even, like, okay, so... There's been there's been like periods of time where I won't work on anything Rottweiler related, anything Dice Roller related, anything Psycat related, anything Black Press related. And those are like the different businesses that I'm like involved in at the moment. And um, I, I really do have to balance it. You know what I mean? But like it, it comes a time when it's just like, well, you're here, you're now, this is the thing you got to do, focus on it, get it done, move on to the next one, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like I told you yesterday, I was with Sergey working on um, the next collection of like T-shirt graphics for Rottweiler, um, which I'm super stoked on, you know? This this past collection was really cool. Um, it's called Asking It's Given. And those, those things like they they really just come to me i mean like depending on like where i draw it from it's just like a different experience in yeah. the in the present but i have a like a lot of shit i gotta do <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it yeah i don't know i don't know how to balance it honestly it's just time management i guess that's pretty key yeah, yeah. like i tell everybody like google calendar is like my saving grace otherwise i wouldn't know what to do yeah like if it's not in my calendar it's not happening um i love to hear like your design process i know you said like most of the designs come to you but when it comes to like actually taking it from like an idea in your head and then like putting it on paper and then like just tweaking it and stuff because i feel like whenever it comes down to it, i'm not a designer by any means yeah but it's always a lot harder than you think and i don't know like your experience when you mm -hmm. know you take your ideas and you're like oh i think this would look cool but then when like you know it doesn't look that cool so you have to like kind of yeah. adjust and mm -hmm. do all that so i'd love to hear your design process and how you come up with your ideas for your clothing line um so i i spend a lot of time like looking at outside sources and um not that I have to do that so much now because I have like this huge like list of things and like sort of outfits that I would like to see come to life mm. that that I've just accumulated over like such a long period of time and my familiarity with like the clothing and the apparel and like how things fall and how things um, how the trends change and like and like just knowing who I am and like colors that are speaking to me at a certain point in my life and like during different seasons like what i think would look good so i'll sort of project that out into the future like it's my intuition definitely because i'll just like i'll imagine it like oh okay i really like how how this thing could look and then i'll, I'll realize that like a couple months later like that product is done and it's like whoa like i pictured this in my head like and here it is like for real and yeah so a lot of the time i just feel like it's coming through me like it just happens. But um, since I'm a graphic designer that works for a lot of different like individuals and a lot of different companies um, throughout the week, you know, I'm constantly like picking up different techniques just by like experimenting with like other people's stuff. So when I when I kind of do that, a lot of the times ideas that I come up with 
they get shot down and i'm just like all right whatever like y'all are tripping like this is fire <laughs> and i use it you know like not that i use like straight graphics from other people right. that i'm like designing for but just like a technique i'm like all right well now i know how to use this tool a little bit better within a program like adobe illustrator or photoshop and like then i'll just apply it when i'm designing you know but having had like screen printing experience for the last 10 years i definitely know how to set up artwork for print you know, mm-hmm. and that's majorly important. Um, yeah, I was so I'm designing this graphic. It has like the skull of a Rottweiler, and um, I'm still kind of figuring out what colors I want to use, what um, fonts I want to use, if I want to incorporate anything else around it. But the part that I did yesterday was um, creating like a halftone version of the skull itself so that um you can get a lot like of details a lot of details like in the skull you know so it's not just like a big white print you know mm-hmm. it's like small ass print like small ass dots that are like spaced out in a way to where you get the overall feeling that there's a transition between white and black and there's like gradients all inside but it's all one color you know wow so i was working on that design and I, like to set it up in order to like print it out on transparent vellum which is what you use to like burn a screen for screen printing um it's a lot like photo development like film development because you're using you're using like positives and negatives and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um i remember sergey looked at the, the computer he's like oh you're gonna print it negative like that and i was like nah like i just have to set it up in the negative because i'm gonna burn the positive to print onto the shirt you know Mm -hmm. and he was just like oh yeah i got you okay like he gets it because he he dabbles in screen printing you know so it's like oh okay cool yeah for sure like that makes sense but like it's just knowing the different tools really because like if i can picture something like at this point with my experience in graphic design i can do it you know um I have these like crazy like separations that I've been doing lately, which is like what it's called when you're setting up the artwork. Um, like Dope Mo's t-shirt, the one that yeah. you're wearing, for example. Wearing your Virgo tea, Dope Mo. <laughs> like, seriously, this is so dope. And he's wearing your glasses. Hell so. yeah. Shout out Dope Mo. I got the shades on. I keep these on. <laughs> I told her the other day I, I was all stressed out. They see me at fucking at the main Chamblon show and I was like, they were just like, you look stressed. I was like, I'm super stressed and I'm super sober. And I was like, and I'm fucking pissed. I think I lost the glasses with the pink lenses. She was like, no. Then I found him later. She was like, you found him. <laughs> yeah, I was really hyped on that. But that's a direct-to-garment print. Mm-hmm. So if you're screen printing that, you'd be using three screens. You'd be using the light blue, uh, probably like a forest green, Dallas green, and then like pink or like maybe magenta mixed with white to get the other color. Um, but I think the way that they set it up and like the way that we've been getting that um, that done, because like I print these for her. Yeah. Um, like shout out them for real uh this is all direct to garment so you can get like a very like key like color you know what i mean like the th- the way that it looks on the computer screen is almost exactly how it's going to appear on the shirt you know oh that's cool um but this would be done in three screens so it would have to be three color separation mm-hmm. and then you have to like print each color one at a time so something that we did with the main Chamelan t-shirt was like it was like a half tone of like rossi's face and then uh, another halftone went on top of that. And that was like, the first one was white ink. The second one is like a metallic silver ink. Oh, so wow. like all on like the areas where it's his hair and like his shirt, it's all printed in a halftone of silver ink to give those areas even more shine. Then on the glasses part, because he's wearing glasses in the photo and he's got like his cross earring, like hanging off his ear. Um, I took one screen and I we put like, different colors like lined up parallel to each other and then we like pulled it all at once to make like one blend of color on the screen so it's like it's a gradient you know and it goes it goes from gold which is like gold hitting the earring to like reddish orange like purplish and then blue and then a little bit back to red to give it like the oakley frame like tint, you know oh that's sick yeah so it's definitely like a process and like i don't do that you know like i i've never done that type of blend before and it's something new to me and i i like i'm super stoked to be able to share it with other people you know rossi was excited about it that's so cool yeah. i'm just like picturing the whole thing right now yeah thank you um 
And you said you watched Tapped In. So that's another one. Yeah, we yeah. made a specific t-shirt for the Tapped In um You had the show. screening, right? At yeah. Del, at Dell's place. At Whiskey Locker. Locker. Yeah. And on the back of that shirt that we did, I did this this separation that's like using stills from like the last scene where, where Esco and I are like walking through um like sort of like sunset cliffs, like kind of by the OB pier. Mm-hmm. And um I took them and then I like I figured out like what um what colors I would want to use. There had to be like a shadow, a highlight, a mid-tone, and a base. And then the shirt was already black, so I knew I didn't need to use black in it if I just leave those spots empty for the sh- for like the print. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was a lot of work and shit, but they came out fire. They came out so tight. the The picture itself was like really inspired by like the endless summer, like like surf movie poster. Yeah. Um, it's got like a black silhouette, and then like the sky is like a gradient from like like orange to pink. You know what I mean? And you get this feeling that like oh they're at the beach. You know, you see the yeah, silhouette of the surfboard. Sure. Like it looks like sunset. You know, so that's that's what we did basically was like doing a doing this like a little blend of colors that was like yellow, blue, and orange to give it a really like dark like sunset silhouette type vibe. That is so dope. Um, I, I hope that's like the process. No, this is like I'm like taking it all in because I'm like you know I don't do screen printing. I've yeah. for the shirts that I have made before, I go through. Uh, Daily's Workshop or Johnny from at the moment, oh, and yeah. he helps me out with all oh, that, yeah. you know, and he. He's done like a few pop-ups at my events where he like screen print on site. And like yeah. that's an experience itself, right? Mm-hmm. Like people love seeing the behind the scenes and the process of something. Definitely. That was the biggest thing. Like he even had like on a blank tee, you could like add those like fabric paints and like yeah. add that to your design to custom make it even more. And people had so much fun with that at my last event. And that's like, you know, like people want to feel involved. People want to know like, how do you get from z you know mm-hmm. when you're at a yeah, yeah all the time like people ask me like how'd you start your podcast and i'm sure you know like people ask you yeah. how'd you start your clothing line or how do you start a brand so kind of like going on that topic i'd love to hear like what are some like essentials that you need like maybe for like advice for people who want to start like a new project a brand or really want to get into fashion even if you're in san diego and you want to start a brand um just email me and uh, <laughs> I'll give you an estimate. <laughs> um, branding is really interesting. Like it's, I feel like it's like a, it's like a character thing. Like you're either in character for like entertainment or you're, you're just being expressive. You're being who you want to be. You know what I mean? So you have to stay kind of on brand. But that can always change, you know. People are constantly changing and evolving, yeah. you know. And so, it. I mean, I don't know. That's a tough one. You could do a lot of corny shit and fuck yourself up real fast, you know. You could do some whack ass shit, and everyone's gonna know. They're gonna be like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, don't fuck with so and so. They're fucking shady," you know. And that's like, ah, uh, I mean, damn. There's a word for it, but. I don't know. I think I fuck with some cool ass, real ass people. Like you know, even if, even if shit like has happened that one of us didn't understand or like it didn't really go as smoothly or as according to plan. I think um, if you're genuine, you're able to like talk about it. Then, then that stuff all get cleared up, you know. And as long as you're not, like not talking to other people, like or like talking behind someone's back about it, and like you're talking to them face to face and like mm-hmm. clearing it up, like you should always be good, you know, you should always, like, there will always be people that, like, appreciate that, that genuineness, um, like, I made a lot of friends before I did the brand, you know, that, like, helped the brand get to where it it is now, and I made a lot of friends, like, after immediately starting the brand, that helped the brand get to where it is now, mm-hmm. um, but I always had, like, the vision, you know, I always, like, knew it was going to be what I wanted to be that type of thing and um like that whole idea of like like the idea of like killing your owner like that's that's really important because it's what it is it's killing yourself doubt like I no longer doubted myself I thought that I was free to do whatever you know so definitely definitely that sense of like security and like freedom I mean because I literally had nothing like I didn't have a job uh 
I could like barely like pay rent. You know, I like, I w- it was like the fucking lowest point. So I didn't have shit to lose. I was like, all right, well, fuck, like I'm going to, I'm going to take this fucking, uh, tax return and just like go crazy and make some clothes and like see what happens i sold out all that clothes and i was like fuck like now i need to make another batch of clothes and like did that and then kept doing it you know yeah but there was a lot of setbacks i mean it wasn't the first time i had nothing and it's like hopefully it's hopefully like well see now but now my mindset is different now my mindset is like i have everything always Mm -hmm. like like you're abundant you have this exactly and there's an endless amount of abundance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'm I'm fucking fine. Like I'm chilling. I don't have to worry about shit. I'm not set like financially, you know what I mean? Right. Like but I'm set spiritually, you know? Yeah. A few things I want to talk about just since you mentioned this is um like Ian and I always talk about how like fuck, like when when we feel like we're at our lowest point and we can't get past it. It's like there's no, like, we have our dreams and our goals already. Like, we envision that. Like, yeah. it's going to happen, right? Like, there's no way it can't. You believe that. I yeah. believe that. Mm-hmm. Not everyone believes that. Right. So it's it's like that same thing. It's like we have nothing to lose. So whatever happens next, like, it's just going to get us closer to where that that dream comes becomes a reality. Yeah. And I think it's so important for people to recognize that, especially because, like, Life is all about peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the microphone always drops. It's all good. But. I'm used to it. I got podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you you get it. You understand. Um, but it's like really one of those things I think people just need to be very aware of is you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? You have to know that like shit. If you like literally last week I was like, when, when am I going to get my next paycheck? Because I'm freelancing now. And mm-hmm. I'm relying on these clients, but then they're not paying me on time. And it's like, shit, I have bills to pay. Like, this is a lifestyle that I wanted. This is what I signed up for. This is what, like, I, there's no way I can't, like, I'm going to go back to a corporate job and be, like, just not, like, hinder myself from my true potential. Yeah. So it's like, I have to make shit happen. And literally, like, the next, within the next few days after that point, I got my gigs. I got like everything that I needed. The check started rolling. Yeah, out. and I'm like, what the fuck, you know? And yeah. it's it's crazy. You really have to put yourself in that position and just be open to that abundance and like yeah. know that it's possible. I'm so grateful because what I have noticed lately with my intuition and like with like that thought that like you create your own reality and like you manifest things, it's been happening so fast, so rapidly mm-hmm. lately um fuck i don't want to get into too much details but like yeah (laughs) no yesterday i was just like my day started like fuck i got court tomorrow i'm gonna have to pay this do do that like just basically like started off already thinking that there was a lack that i didn't have enough money and that i didn't have enough this or that you know and like other people in my life were just fucking pissing me off and it was like like, it was kind of shitty, you know? It was kind of like a shitty way to start the day. And then, like, throughout the day, the little things were happening that forced me into, like, I don't know, just kind of, like, solitude. And, and I really like being alone. And um, since my son is so young, I kind of consider, like, being with him, being alone. Mm-hmm. Because I'm more so, like, watch over him and... Um, you know, teach him things, but it's not the same as like being alone with another adult where you kind of either are secure and like are taking care of your own needs or you're with that person and they're like depending on you, relying on you, expecting something of you and then you don't meet their expectation and then you start feeling bad about yourself. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, there's like a whole feedback thing that like happens with everybody, you know, but, but, um, but yeah, so yesterday I was kind of down like that and then little things were happening and it was getting becoming like a better day better day and then it just got to a point where like 
I fuck I picked up a bag. It was fucking sick. I like went and deposited a whole bunch of cash at the ATM. I fucking like got a like I got like a like a gig basically. I picked up an order, you know, and like mm-hmm. made as much as I would at work, you know, like uh, my part time job like any given day. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. That is just like and it was happening like fucking so late in the day. It was like already after nine, you know, probably like probably like around 10 11 12 like by by midnight i was like up so much higher than i had been when i woke up Mm -hmm. and it just felt like a fucking blessing you know it just it just feels so good i mean it and it just it changes my mind state it makes me feel like being thankful for like everything like to the point where i like i'll thank god or the universe or like however you want to lump it into whatever it is you believe like you know, just for the fucking coffee in the morning, you know? Right. Like, just for, just for, like, having transportation to get the court, you know? Just, like, I and I went, and I did court today, and I was there for fucking forever, and I kept thinking, like, when is this going to end? Like, I got to, I got to do this other thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't wait to leave, and, like, it all worked out. I don't have to pay that shit for, like, a month. I go to traffic school sometime before February, like everything felt like so like right now like right. everything is like fucking me up like right now and it it really wasn't i mean i woke up super late i thought i had already missed court i got to the courthouse they tell me like oh no come back at one that's like two hours away i went to um a coffee shop on third avenue in chula vista this morning i got i got like a breakfast sandwich thing like drank coffee had an amazing conversation with like this super cool person about like gold powder and like gold oil and like the different effects that that has on your biochemistry and just like <laughs> like fucking so cool ass yeah, shit yeah. you know like it was fucking great and then i just like you know just proceeded to have a fucking good ass day yeah and now we're here yeah you know? stoked to have you stoked to have you thank you thank you um you mentioned intuition a lot and I'd love for you to touch about touch on about that because even when I saw you at Clean Slate at the last one, um, you'd mentioned that you know how to like do tarot and like oh, yeah. you do you know astrology and stuff. Yeah, I know I know a lot about that kind of stuff. Like just met like metaphysical stuff. I don't know. People think it's kind of weird sometimes, but I no, like let's it. talk about it. Okay, you got tarot cards? I don't. Not with me. <laughs> no, I haven't read the tarot in like a long ass time. How'd you get into all that? Um, oh God, this is awful. Um, I like, <laughs> I used to, this one boutique that I worked at, um, my manager, Heidi, she like really put me on to like a bunch of astrology and like, like a bunch of stuff that I didn't necessarily believe in until like much later. And she gave me, um, she showed me this book that she was reading. Um, she would always show me her tarot cards and like, just, we'd kind of talk about that stuff. Um, she showed me a bunch of different like metaphysical like paths of consciousness and she was really into like yoga and like just we and we would have to be working together in this boutique for like hours you know for like just it was just two people at a time in this store you know not like mm-hmm. not like forever 21 there's like 40 employees you know right so like that was really like a like a lesson for me and like a kind of like a boot camp for me within like the spirituality stuff and then um uh yeah my my first tarot card deck i got in um san francisco when i was a trip on like i was on a trip out there with like a bunch of the homies from swap city and um i like started kind of like messing with it like I, i learned like one technique of like how to read cards um which is like basically like you give the cards to the other person you allow them to shuffle it and put their energy into it and then like choose three topics pick those three topics and like um pick card pick three cards off the top after they're done shuffling and then like i would ask them like okay so like um what were you thinking about for this card it'd be like the empress or something i'd be like what do you think about for this card and like it'd be like the devil and like what do you think about for this card and it would be like um like um I don't know one of the other tarot cards. There's, yeah, it's like a it's like a it's like a deck of cards. Like it kind of resembles like a fifty-two card deck. But yeah. there's like the major arcana and the minor arcana. The minor is like representing um, earth, air, fire, and water. The major ones are kind of like the face cards, you know. So you'll have like the world, like 
the devil um just like stuff like that you know and so like depending on what it is that they would say they were thinking of like oh i was thinking about my brother oh i was thinking about the future oh i was thinking about money like um each card has like symbolism that comes from astro astrology comes from alchemy and um like like it helped a lot that not only that i knew a bit about alchemy and a bit about astrology but also that like my background in psychology and sociology allowed me to connect to people in a in a more like cerebral way like mm -hmm. okay like if you're thinking about these things then they're like affecting you in these ways and so like i could i could kind of like i just felt really good about like you know comfortable like talking to people about it especially if they were already like interested in having their tarot card read it was like they had to be super open with me about it right, you know exactly so um yeah i would like i would read cards for people at the pop-ups and stuff sometimes and then that's sick <laughs> yeah it was cool but um there's things about tarot cards like if you are allowing other people to like touch them then their energy is like staying with it you know until it goes through some sort of cleansing you know and like some people just carry around a lot of negative energy like yeah. dark energy that like they don't know how to get rid of you know um yeah so i the last time i used them on myself i got this like really like this reading that was like really dark and i was like in a really dark place and it, it was probably like four years ago and then i stopped reading them for myself and like would only read them for other people but then i was kind of like i don't want to like use this deck for like other people because like i don't want to, them to get like misinterpreted you know i just felt like it was a power that i had to like kind of pull back on and like mm -hmm. not be so like free and like giving with you know because a lot of people aren't ready to like hear what it is that's being yeah, said absolutely. but i never had a reading where like people were like nah like nah that's not that doesn't sound right you know mm -hmm. um and then i just kind of felt like if i was going to do it for real like i wouldn't be i wouldn't just be doing it at a pop-up because i would want to be giving the person more attention you know what I mean? And like the, doing it at the pop up was cool. Like, you know, and people would always tell me that like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, well, well, tarot, all it like all it does to me, what it what I would tell people, is it tells you how you're feeling about that subject in mm -hmm. the present moment. So after you know like that, then you're able to decide um, if you want to move into this direction, like with that thought or move into that this other right. direction with that thought. But like. <laughs> When you do that, like each tarot card, it means what it means. And it also means it's opposite. Like you have to have like this broad understanding of like duality and how like, like, I don't know, light is light and darkness is the absence of light, you know, like distance from light. It's not necessarily like nothing, you know, right. it's just like further away from something. So like you could get a card and the reading would be like, well, you want something, but you're feeling like you don't have it. But it's not that you don't have it. It's just that you don't have it yet. But don't think about it like you don't have it yet. Just think about it like it's on its way. So you can like, it's like the half, the cup, like half full, half empty type mm -hmm, thing, mm -hmm. you know? So you can always change your perspective on it. And so that's why I like, I kind of stopped, I kind of stopped doing it because I felt like I stopped needing it. Because I was like, oh, if I'm feeling, if I know that I'm feeling negative about something, I can change my mind now on how I feel about it and I can just look at it like it's on its way or mm -hmm. it's coming, you know, and like everything's going to be cool. And, and that's, that's how my brain works now. So it was kind of like reprogramming it, but I had to go through all the other steps Damn, to like yeah. get there, you know? Um, yeah. That's a lot. You had to go through a lot then shit. Um, I like first got introduced to all of that maybe like three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was very skeptic at first. I was like, nah, this is bullshit. Like, yeah. I don't believe in all that. And then um, our friend Leslie, we call her like a pocket sidekick because she's she literally, <laughs> the first thing she asks you is like, hey, <laughs> when were you born? And do you um, know when you were, like what time you were born? Oh, and yeah. then she'll just like read the hearts. fuck out of you, you know? Yeah. And um, I think like, kind of like what you said, like it, it really does open up your eyes to, and at least in my experience it gives me clarity whenever i do get my cards read or whenever i do get like an astrology reading yeah it's just like another way to be like because you know like i i don't know if you go through this too like as a virgo you just overthink and it gets to the point where you're like fuck like 
I think I overthink to the point where it's just like not, never going to happen anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely overthink things. I yeah. mean, but I'm learning how to like, like instead of overthinking, like thinking with like a purpose, mm. you know, and you know, cause once you let your mind like just scatter and like wander, then you're no longer focused and you don't have a direction. So then you kind of have to succumb to like all the things that are like happening around you. Yeah. Rather than like looking at like how what's happening in the present is like allowing you to like shape yourself into either like to like just a more stronger, more sharper like person, you know, Mm -hmm. otherwise you're just like taking taking like blows you know and like you could just let that shit get you so down to the point where you just get depressed and confused and like don't know what to do don't know what you want to do you know like just don't overthink it i mean yeah i like because i go through it a lot you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so but i'm constantly like reassuring myself that i'm holding down for me you know like that's so important yeah that's dope. What do you know your um your birth chart? Do you know like your yeah. your sun moon rising? I mean, we have the same sun and moon, right? Oh yeah, you know what time you were born? Um, it's later in the evening, so I have no. An, me too. I have an Aries rising. Oh, oh okay. That's mm-hmm. what's up. How about you? My rising sign is in Gemini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that mean for you? Um, you know, it's really interesting. My my dad's sun sign is Gemini. My rising sign is Gemini. My sun sign is Virgo. My son's rising sign is Virgo. So I kind of see Whoa. that as like, um, you know, like maybe I sort of feel like, like I do certain things that my father does, you know, mm-hmm. like as I get older, I kind of, you know, I, it's not to like blame him. It's just like think like patterns of behavior that I notice in him that I notice myself do. And it's kind of like, oh, sick. Now that I noticed that, like, if I don't like the way he did it, like, I can, I can like do it better in my own way, you know? And it's like, it just gives, it reinforces my belief in like being able to like learn the different patterns and like just changing my so behavior cool. and yeah. my thought pattern, you know? That is dope. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's an interesting thing to me. But like, you know, Johnny Guapo's Gemini. Yeah. And like, he, like, we'd always talk about that and he'd just be like, yeah, man, I'd just be like, sometimes i'll be feeling like this some days i'll be feeling like this you know and like, like polar opposite yeah and like the people that i talk to that are gemini sun signs generally feel like that like mm-hmm. that they have like these two different very different like moods that they can just kind of like go back and forth to like coin flipping you know like it's it's abrupt you know and yeah. like i feel like that too to a degree you know when i'm um I feel like I can like frame switch pretty easily, like depending on who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I go through like a lot of emotions and stuff like like throughout the day um, because I'll get like really in my head about certain topics. And um, and now I'm just kind of learning like which ones like help me get to the next place like yeah. better, you know? For sure. Like I love that feeling of like, being in love because it's like super inspiring it's like it it just like carries you throughout the day in a way where you become like impermeable like nothing can affect your day because you got like strong ass feelings you know what i mean that Mm -hmm. are just like vibrating like so hard that like no one can fuck up what i'm doing you know and like that's a really cool thing but like then in the absence of it people get fucking heartbroken like Mm -hmm. people think that like oh this is the end you know and it's like because they don't fucking they're so loose with that idea you know i mean but like i feel like i didn't even know any of this thing that i'm saying until like getting heartbroken fucking like a hundred times you know like not a hundred but like you know what i'm saying like (laughs) you get hurt and like you think like oh shit like i'm never gonna do that again you know but I don't know. That's part of being human is like learning from those mistakes and like learning from that type of shit and like just moving on and like keeping it real and like being accepting of each other and like I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what do you think like Aries rising sign means to you? My son's Aries. Oh, that's cool. Um I think a lot of when people first uh meet me, they don't take me as a Virgo, which mm-hmm. is really funny. I'm like, I don't know. I never knew why. I never fit into that, I guess, stereotype, right? 
And it wasn't until recently where I learned, like, I'm more outgoing than the average Virgo, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I give it to that. Yeah. Having a fire sign and being able to just, like, just, I don't know, like, be bold and actually, like, be more confident, I guess. Yeah. Because there are times where you said, you like, you like being alone. I fucking love being alone. Yeah, I love yeah, being yeah. a hermit, you know? Yeah. And I love, like, my... I that's sacred to me that my alone time, like my first hour in the morning when I wake up, I dedicate to myself, Mm -hmm. nobody else. Like, but then after that, once I'm like, you know, you turn on that switch and you're like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like, yeah, you're unstoppable. Bring on the fucking people. I'm going to hear. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) It's just Monday. Like, you know, I, I definitely feel like more out of my shell than I've ever been. When I was a kid, I was super shy. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and like, not just like, because I, was afraid to talk to people i was just like i would overthink what i was gonna say like i would overthink Same. like what like what we yeah. were gonna talk about like like you plan ahead of time you're like all right yeah. we're gonna talk about this if the conversation lulls i'll bring this up yeah like, exactly know, yeah shit, like thinking shit. about like what you're gonna say on the phone like before it comes you know what mm-hmm. i mean but there's there's so many different things that like taught me to not really worry about that and so and because I realized later that that was like a fear thing. It was like me being afraid of like things not playing out, you know, right. as they're supposed to. But like now I know that everything plan- plays out like how it's supposed to. But exactly. it's so it's it's easier to not fall into that feeling so much. But I mean, I'm not perfect with it either. You know, like I still still be overthinking shit. It's just like I also know when to push the button and just be like, yeah, go for it. Like do yeah. it, you know. Love that. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely way less shy. I mean, and especially like doing dice roller, like talking to new people right, every week yeah. and like having really in-depth conversations, like like I know where I'm at, you know, so I don't know. It becomes like cool like talking to people rather than like scary. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Same thing. Yeah. But I like that idea of like having like the first hour of the day to yourself, you know? It should be like I feel like that's a really awesome thing. Like it should be for like rituals and just like just like like awesomeness like in the sense of like being like all like inspired you know and mm-hmm. just like just like being thankful like imagine exactly. how different your that's, day would that's be that's how if you, you start like, your day yeah j- yeah i don't know how you start your day but like literally the first hour i i wake up like literally drink a tall glass of water and then i journal but i journal like 10 things i'm grateful for and then my to-do list and i'm yeah. like all right like i'm ready hell yeah that's what you do i like i do this thing it's called like a rent of appreciation so throughout Ooh. the day i'll just be like thinking of sh- stuff that like makes me happy and just like stuff that i'm thankful for like yeah throughout the day and it and especially if i'm like like i'm not afraid to tell people too like even the homies like will wake up and be like bro like have a fucking sick ass day like you That's fucking sick. got this shit yeah. you know like let's link up for lunch like let's go grab a fucking salad like <laughs> hype shit like yeah. that's just like what the fuck like th- like th- that's what you guys do like you have to. we'll go fucking i mean so i got a part-time job i work like wednesday tuesday wednesday thursday and so um one of my one of my really good friends like he, he um we take our lunch break at the same time he works in bankers hill i work in barrio logan and um we'll just go meet up sometimes we'll just like go to the taco shop they'll have like some sports on or we'll go to Belleville Park and just like talk about shit, like plot, you know? And yeah. it's like, I, I kind of, some days I dread going to work. I'm like, fuck, like there's going to be like this customer I don't want to see. Like I got appointments. Like I don't want to see my boss, you know, mm-hmm. like regular ass shit, you know, but, but like definitely doing that feels like a ritual. It feels like we come together and we're like thankful for what we have, you know, and like thankful for how things are going and just like, we're able to focus on stuff that's like that we're appreciative for and like just become like open-minded and just like clear-headed and just get a good meal in and just so happy it's like okay well for this hour we really don't need anything you know we have the food in our stomach and we're just like solid you know and like hell yeah shout out Sassolini holding (laughs) holding down the lunch bags that's dope that's dope solid boys (laughs) (laughs) I really love that theme of gratitude and I want to thank you again for being on the podcast um we're gonna wrap up I have one more question for you okay um if you have if you could have coffee and combos with anybody in the world dead or alive who would it be whoa um 
Okay, alive. <laughs> coffee and convos. I'd have coffee and convos with Nassim Haramine. He's a physicist. Um, I think he was born in Switzerland in like Geneva, and um, yeah, he's just super super interesting. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot from from like the different research that he's done um, about the connectedness of everything. He's got a really interesting um, video. I, th I don't know if it's out on YouTube, but um, there's a documentary he made called Black Hole, but mm -hmm. it's spelled W-H-O-L-E. And um, what he's trying to do is use physics to like pr prove like certain um, like metaphysical and like spiritual and like religious beliefs that like, you know, the, the Buddhists would believe and like stuff about the interconnectedness of everything. Like, like when you see the yin yang and like, you know what that means, it's like the outside is connected as the inside is connected and everything is duality and yeah you know and and i think that would be awesome that would be yeah. dope. sweet yeah well thank you before we go let um our listeners know where to find you and follow you and oh yeah um follow rottweiler on instagram at rtwlr.co that's also the the website url rtwlr.co um, we got a couple pages on there. We got a news page where I'll be posting music, the homies be dropping, or, or I'll talk about like drops that are coming up with Rot. Um, the radio page, Dice Roller Radio. Uh, you can find Dice Roller Radio on Instagram. Um, yeah, hit me up if you got any questions about like starting brands and stuff like that. Just don't fuck shit. If you're like fucking bullshitting, like don't fucking hit me <laughs> up. Fuck anybody that hit me up on some bullshit. It but. happens all the time though, right? Like same, but. I'm not trying to be negative. Shout out everybody <laughs> that hits me up and follows through. Y'all some real ones. <laughs> Shout out Swap City Rottweiler. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.